We are back, Tyler. We are back. The We're season, back. the season is final. It's all written in stone. The confetti has fallen, and the Michigan Wolverines are the 2023 national champs of college football. Wow, what a game. First of all, what a game that was. Michigan overcoming Washington. I can't believe it because for those who have been with us since the beginning, uh, you know the Will's a diehard Michigan fan, and it's really cool to see one of us get to kind of live this out. And and I'm going to, before I give you the floor here, because we're going to have a speech, right? This is what I was saying from the get-go. Speech, speech, speech. So we want a speech. I love that you get to feel this feeling. I love that your team made it. You got there. You know, Michigan's been good for a while. You guys have been knocking on the door for a while, right? So this wasn't out of nowhere. You saw it coming. Um, my my immediate thought was I was just so happy for you because you've been there. But like so many teams, like Penn State right now, you know, is Penn State really close to being there? Or are they just a double-digit win team that's miles and miles apart? So right. for a while there, we didn't know where Michigan was. Last couple of years, maybe some validation. But coming into this season, remember, the one of three teams to not have a win and to have been there three times. So it's awesome to see him get there. It's awesome to see you get it. As a Buffs fan, you know what? I'm going to save that for, for for a little bit. You get your time before I talk about CU. That's the that's the no. rule, okay? That's the rule. Uh, the Buffs don't get talked about until you get your you get your uh, victory lap here. Well, here's what I'll say, and I know I have a speech. And by the way, we're we're, we're recording speech. remote. Uh, it's the Wednesday after the national cha- championship game. We have a lot to cover today, not just the championship game. Nick Saban just retired, so we're going to get to that here uh, uh, briefly as well. There's a lot of stuff happening in the world of college football, but. Um, yeah, I mean, look, here's what I'll say. I didn't write a speech. It feels amazing, first of all, right? Like, I want a speech. What I can say speech. is that, like, I for me, it's a big deal because, not just because it's my team, but, like, um, at, at our age, right? Like, you know, I have a lot of, I know a lot of people who are Michigan fans that are a lot older than me, and so they remember, like, the 90s. They remember when Michigan was, like, the most dominant team or whatever. They, they won you know, BCS championships back in the day, right? Or whatever, or the ones where just like yeah. the Associated Press would name the, the national champion, all that, right? I don't remember that. Like I, I first really started to watch Michigan football and get really into it at the end of like the Lloyd Carr era, which was like the early to mid aughts, right? Like 2004, 2005, 2006, right? And they were good teams, but they couldn't get over the hump. They couldn't beat Ohio State. Then they forced Lloyd Carr out, and then it was just like it was heartbreak, just nonstop. All like from it was Rich Rod, it was Brady Hoke, it was like all these terrible Michigan teams. I mean, the Michigan program was god awful under Rich Rod. Um, it they had a couple decent years under Brady Hoke, but it still wasn't good. And by the end, it was really bad. They bring right. in Harbaugh, who at the time everybody is like saying, you know, this is our savior. Like I, I remember being just he, so excited that we got him. Ho- he was 100% looked at as a savior. Everyone thought he was the guy who yeah. was going to come in and fix it and fix it. But there was still the small fact, you know, faction of fans who was very, very skeptical. Sure, but like everybody wanted him. He was like the slam dunk hire. He's the you know the the prodigal son, right? He uh, he played there. We know that he can win at high levels uh, in football. He had done it at Stanford and then at the 49ers. And so I think that it's just crazy to me that. A, you know, he finally got us there. It took a long time, like nine years, essentially, at uh, at Michigan before he actually gets us over that hump. Now, he did immediately restore the program to like a good football program and relevance. They were good very yeah. quickly, like within the second year they were 
you know, competing with Ohio State at a high level, even though it took him six years to win that game, there were a lot of like really close ones where, I mean, like one play or the other goes, you know, one play goes a, a different way. He might have two wins in those first six years over Ohio State as opposed to none, right? But even still, that being said, like he got us in, I, I think it's so perfect that you mentioned Penn State, right? Like I rag on James Franklin all the time. I'm still not a fan. I don't like him. But like this championship to me is a, is a great sign for college football. It's a great sign for if you are a Penn State fan and James Franklin is there and you're going, we can never get over the hump with this guy. Like that's exactly how I felt until two years ago at 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 Michigan, right? Like he finally beat Ohio State great and then couldn't win the playoff game, couldn't win. You got stomped by Georgia. And then the disappointing loss when they were favored against TCU last year. And then now to actually get over the hump, like it's it's incredible, man. It feels so good to, to watch your team win a championship. Like I feel spoiled and I know that it may be 20 years until another one or more. It could be, I mean, who knows? I may never see another national championship for Michigan ever again. Like that's the truth of it. But like what I loved so much and just to get off of even just like Michigan and we'll break down the game, but to get off of Michigan, look, what I loved about this championship game is that regardless of who won, there was going to be a team outside of like that inner circle that we thought only had a chance to win the national championship. If it was Washington that won it, like that was, that's a great thing for college football. Um, you had two teams that didn't have like top three recruiting classes every year. Like, you know what I mean? Like there was only two, I mentioned it when we were breaking down the game. There was only two five-star players in this game and they were both on Michigan. Washington had none. And so, and like it's crazy, you look at the, the winners of the playoff, over the last 10 years outside of Ohio state that first year, they were all sec or Clemson like that. Like, and I think one year, no, no, Florida state didn't win a playoff. They won a national championship, but not a, not a playoff championship. It was LSU, Alabama, Clemson, Georgia, and then one Ohio state basically. And so it, I think it's a great thing for college football and we'll get into the Nick Saban stuff later. But like this to me is like a clear line of demarcation. And like for me is, in what the future might hold for college football. Because I think that like for so long, yeah, even no, I, I agree, even like me, I agree. even me as a Michigan fan, like I thought for a while, like, you know, this is like two years ago, Michigan, like beating Ohio state, but still not being good enough to compete for a national championship. I probably thought that was the ceiling for Michigan. Like just knowing what the narrative was, which is like, you have to be in the sec or you have to, to recruit at that level. Um, and so four teams like, a Penn State or Texas A&M or um, Oregon or, you know, like like there's there's honestly like this is going to sound crazy, but I feel like if I was a fan of this school, I'd have hope that maybe I could see a national championship in the next 10 years or so. Nebraska, like a program like that where I go like or Notre Dame, right? You, these all these programs, you think they'll never really have a chance to beat these Titans like you do have a chance. You need everything to, to work out perfectly, right? Like Michigan needed Alabama to not be their absolute best. They needed Georgia to lose to Alabama. They needed, you know, um, a, a lot of things to fall their way. But ultimately, they proved that they were the best team. They were the best team at finding a way to win. And uh, and it feels amazing, man. Like I was just, I couldn't stop smiling all, all Monday night. Um, I watched the, I kept ESPN on for as long as they had coverage until I had to go to bed. Like it was just, it was so fantastic, man. So there's my rant, rant over. Uh, what are your thoughts? That was quite the rant. I appreciated it. Uh, 
All right, here's my here's my thoughts. Well, I told you earlier, I was just happy for you, happy for Michigan. But how I feel is, I, I've always said this about my teams because I'm I'm from Denver. I like a lot of different teams from Denver. When the Nuggets won the championship last year, right? When the Avalanche won the Stanley Cup yep. a couple years ago. When uh, uh, DU, a school I went to, wins you know hockey national championships, whatever it may be. It's always exciting. You always party your ass off. Broncos Super Bowl, hell yeah, let's go party. When the Colorado Buffaloes win, you notice that, win the national championship with, with Coach Prime, God, I hope it happens. Or eventually in my life, Dude, well, if it happens. But Colorado is, that's I, what I'm saying. Like, yeah, it's harder for a team like Colorado. But don't get me wrong. They're not, um, they're not they don't have the same program level as Michigan, but like you, you compare them to Washington. Right. Like, yeah, man, they could absolutely make a run like that. Like it's not out of the realm of possibility. And when it happens, okay. When the Buffaloes have, Oh my God. I, I mean, the only time I've ever seen that is on my old NCAA video games. Yeah. The difference between that and the nuggets or abs or Broncos winning. It is the other teams. When they win it, I go nuts. I party. It's, it's every, you know, my neighbors can hear me. When the Buffs win it, I'm going to sob like a little baby <laughs> in front of my TV for a long, long yep. time. I think I'm just going to break down and and be inconsolable for days. I think I'm just going to go into a hole. I'm going to Aaron Rodgers it, you know, cheese and crackers, whatever I need to survive, and just cry, just weep. So yep. I can't believe you got to experience that moment. I'm happy for you. So let's break down the game then. So, you know, to so me... Do we have to? I mean, like, just a quick... I mean, the funny thing is that this game, to me, played out very similar to the Alabama game. It was like Michigan came out with an awesome game plan to start. They, they get out early. Um, they let, you know, uh, Washington back. It's only a... Uh, I think it, it was a 17-10 to 10 lead at halftime. So it's a close game at halftime, even though it felt like Michigan could have been up way more. They get the two big runs from Donovan Edwards, which were just Dude, nuts. It was there was ten minutes to go in the fourth. Washington had the ball yeah. down twenty to thirteen. Exactly. Like, and then and then things get broken open. Michigan gets a stop. Uh they score and then of course they get the interception late and another touchdown. So the score looks much more lopsided than it truly was. But to me it was just like I was so impressed with, with because here's the other thing I'll say too, which why I love this game is that, um, you know, over the last like let's say six seven years, what we've seen is that is that there was a change in college football where like if you had the best offense, like the best defense was going to get beat by the best offense, and that's what worried me going to this game is that Washington's offense was elite. They had an elite quarterback in Penix, and Michigan's defense like truly what like I think that. Like I hate the people they're talking about. Is this Michigan team like the best team ever? Like no, they're not. But like, and I, and even still, like in my mind, we all have recency bias. I feel like the best national championship team that I can think of was the Joe Burrow LSU team because I just feel like that team was going to score fifty on everybody. And watching this game, I was like, I was so badly would want to see how Michigan's defense would have matched up against that offense because I felt like it was perfectly catered to stopping passing uh, passing offenses. And they did such a good job of getting pressure on Penix and and creating havoc defensively. And I just love that for for that Michigan team that was you know a lot of seniors and and uh, and a lot of guys that have have, have stuck around and so talented. And so uh, I thought the defense just did an amazing job against Washington in that game. 
They did. They looked good. Uh, they stopped what we thought was going to be a kind of potent Washington offense. So, yep. look, you got to give Michigan credit. They shut down the pass. That's what, what Washington's done all year. Now, they had their chances. The Huskies had their chances. Sure. Two, two interceptions, though. The turnovers got to them. So, overall, you know, it was a really, really fun game. I thought that Michigan played well. And here we go into the offseason, Michigan as the, the champs. 13. With Harbaugh. Harbaugh heading to the NFL, I think. Maybe my prediction. Maybe yeah. uh, last thir- there were thirteen offensive drives for Washington, and they scored thirteen points. That's pretty incredible for uh, for Michigan's defense. Uh, um, I think that equals one point per drive. Um, hang on, I'm going to get my calculator. Yes, correct. Um, yeah, but you mentioned it. Harbaugh may be gone, and that kind of leads us to the next discussion, right? Which is. The college, news, news. the college football landscape has just been drastically news. changed in just the last few hours. Nick Saban announces that he is retiring from Alabama. Nobody, you know what's funny is that this was shocking to me. And, and even though we know, I mean, he's like 73, he's old. We all knew at some point it was coming. When I saw the news, I was shocked. I couldn't believe it. Um, this is so huge for college football because... Like, I'm sure that Alabama is going to hire a great coach and we can talk about who the options are. But like if all of a sudden Alabama isn't the Nick Saban Alabama and they're just a good SEC program that has a good coach and they have up years and down years like that changes everything for the landscape of college football. It changes recruiting. It cha- I mean, already we're seeing uh, the portals open. A bunch of Alabama plays, players have hit the portal. They've had commits de- or, or recruits decommit, um, you know. It's to me. It's just it. It it's going to change what the future of college football looks like in the over the next decade. Let's say drastically. I think. I mean, who knows? Maybe they'll hire someone who can just keep it rolling. I just think that that's going to be hard to imitate. And then we're losing the who's. I mean, I don't really think there's much of an argument. The greatest college football coach of all time. He's hanging it up. And uh, and and such an, an amazing like figure in the world of college football too. Like it's like I'm like sad about it. Is that weird? Uh, no, not at all. I totally get that. We're losing a legend, but that's the thing. And this is why, you know, this is why I tend towards not ragging on players or coaches or teams because when you're watching a Nick Saban and you're seeing something that's going to go down, someone is going to go down. In history, he's one of the best ever. I mean, think about how we talk about Bear Bryant. Dude, you and I never saw Bear Bryant coach. We we can't even watch Bear Bryant YouTube. Like, there's not anything that... So, he's just like a name that we kind of know. Oh, yeah, he was a good football coach. Yep. It's so cool to be able to see greatness and, you know, best of all time type of stuff. Same thing with Tom Brady, because we're from Denver, and so a lot of people hate you know, the Patriots because the Broncos Patriots have a lot of the AFC championships and all that stuff. So a lot of our friends, you know, it's like blasphemy if you talk about Tom Brady in a positive light. But like, honestly, I loved watching him play and I loved watching the Patriots and all that stuff because he is probably the best quarterback in the history of quarterbacks. Right. So to not enjoy it while it's happening, you know, it's like you and LeBron James, right? <laughs> LeBron is going to go down <laughs> as one of the best ever. And I know you just love sitting back and watching the King. I do can't. That, that's the one. That we, and you're totally right. I'm I'm agreeing with you. And yet I can't enjoy it. But you're making you're making the point here that I should be enjoying witnessing LeBron. But uh, at this point, you I just refuse. And go with, well, look, I'm not going to tell you. Uh, 
I'm not gonna say I had to be a fan because it's this is what fans do and this makes things fun. But in my opinion, it, it is because when it's done, it's like you know, let's not get all life here, but like it's the same thing because when you go through it during it, yep, right, and you go through the whole thing, then we need so you, you know so. I think that hating on it or whatever during it's it's not a good thing. So for this Nick Saban, there's a lot of Nick Saban haters out there. A lot of people sure. who every year were shitting on Alabama. A lot of people who, whenever they had a two-game losing streak, go look at Twitter around the time fire where they saving. lost to Texas and, and won 17-3 against South Florida. <laughs> they, there was a fire save. Even Paul Feinbaum was like, I don't right, know. Yeah. You, know you know, and so it's just like, I, I, I don't know. So... With Saban and with the whole thing, we need to appreciate him. He was the the goat, the literal, in my opinion, best of all time. One hundred percent. And yeah, and, well, and uh, let's let's appreciate him going es- out, especially in college too, because I feel like, you know, I mean, perfect example. You you mentioned Tom Brady, right? Like everyone is a lot of people regard Bill Belichick as one of the greatest coaches of all time, and I'm not even saying he's not. But like in the NFL, it could be more simple because you get to hold on to players for a long time. You right. got to hold on to Brady right. in college. Like if you have a great player, you might get three years out of him because chances are he's not going to play freshman year. If he is, he's going pro. Like some of these guys, you might only get one or two years of playing time out of these guys, especially with Alabama with how many, how deep they were. Like there were guys that would have one or two years really of playing time and they'd be gone. And so to continue that, the, the, the length and the like how much greatness he had over such a long time. I mean, like all the accolades, six national championships, how many Heisman winners like he in his in like a 12 to 15 year span for Nick Saban. He has what like you would hope a blue blood program might have in like 60 years. You know what I mean? Like what right. Oklahoma has accomplished since the fucking Dust Bowl until now. Nick Saban accomplished that in like fucking in, in, in 12 years or however many seasons he coached. It's so impressive. And you're right. Like uh, we are, are all, all college football fans who are who have been around to watch it. Like you should feel lucky. And we are losing an absolute legend. And uh, and so, you know. Uh, you got to tip your cap to uh, or tip your cap to uh, Nick Saban on that one. The next thing, of course, is going to be who takes the job right now. Like we can talk about other coaching vacancies. Most of them have already been filled, right? But if Jim Harbaugh leaves, that'll be a big one. Although I think they'll probably just hire from on the staff. But at Nick Saban's specific- coach prime. What about Coach Prime? No, I don't think they're going to do it. Not, not. <laughs> I, I, I don't think that they've seen enough. However, the names that have been thrown out are. Big names, right? The the names of what we've already heard on Twitter, and again, there's a lot of of caveats with all of these, right? There's uh, there's buyouts, there's who knows if they're even interested. There's all that shit going on, right? It's late in the cycle. It's a tough time to to hire on a new coach, but the names being thrown out there that I've seen already, like top five ish, we're hearing a lot of Dan Lanning in Oregon, even though he's got huge buyout. I'm sure if Alabama wants him. They can afford it, though. We're hearing Kalen DeBoer at Washington. Very interesting. He takes his team to a national championship game in just two years. I think that'd be a great hire. Uh, we're hearing um, we're hearing uh, Dabo, of course. He played at Alabama. Um, you know, I think that's a name that a lot of people will look at. And uh, a couple interesting ones that I that maybe I didn't think like uh, Mike Norvell is a name that's being thrown out. And then so is the more obvious ones are like Lane Kiffin or Sark or names like that. I don't think those are super likely, but what would like, what does your gut tell you if you think on who Alabama might hire here? 
out of all those names, I mean, I think Kalen DeBoer is probably the best overall coach. I think he could get there and do some real damage. I think that Dabo is the most desperate for that because the reason why we've heard what we've heard the last couple of years from Dabo is Clemson doesn't have the money. They don't have the NIL collective. They don't have what it takes, I think, to compete five, ten years down the road. And I think Dabo sees that. So I think if he goes to Alabama, you're going to see him rejuvenated, see his tone shift. Mm. And uh, I, I love that fit. So I can I see Debo for that reason. I think that I, cause I, I don't, I, I know that Clemson doesn't maybe have the NIL stuff to compete with some of the other teams, but Dabo also doesn't like the NIL thing. And by the way, Nick Saban doesn't either. I think okay, that, but Will, I think that played on, into to Nick, to Nick Saban's retirement is he's like, I'm not sure that I love this modern, uh, college football landscape. And so, um, you know, I, I wonder that if... Okay, okay. I could see that in terms of the landscape, right? But if, if 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 they suddenly say, okay, what if we give you $10 million a year to work with? Oh, and right. He goes, oh, okay. Well, right. no, we I, I know. I just don't think that he... Like he said it before, right? He doesn't like... The, the idea of players, you know, going for money and all that stuff. He's he's the old school guy. And so, and not to say that he couldn't do it. I think he'd do great at Alabama. And I think the reason why he'd want to go is because it's his alma mater and it's a new challenge. But interesting, interestingly enough, like, I just don't see that happening. I don't see Davo taking that job. But I guess we're going to find out soon because they kind of have to announce something soon because they're going to lose so many guys in the transfer portal. It's going to be, right. it's going to be crazy. No, they have to soon. We're going to know by next show, probably. Next week, we'll yep. know on a Wednesday, which, by the way, next Wednesday, we're going to do season recap with uh, uh, totals, the bet board. Will, don't think I'm saving. I, I didn't do the bet board. Or don't think we're going to do the bet board now when oh, we're remote. I, I, we're doing I that know. when you're here in studio. I'm very we're much aware that you have some, some, uh, some audio save for me that's going to that's gonna just uh, rake me over the coals. So. I'm very much looking yes. forward to that. Um, you know, I actually think I'm going to take it easy on you this year because let's <laughs> let's face it, we were two turnovers away from it going differently. So let's not paint the picture that that it was something it wasn't. It was a great fight, great game. I think it's going to be more fun this year, more lighthearted. Yep. Um, but again, I, I think if I was Alabama, <laughs> yep. <laughs> I I think if I was Alabama, I would want to go after. I would want to go after DeBoer. I would want to go after Sark, even though I don't, again, I don't think that Sark leaves. I think they're moving into the SEC and now Nick Saban is leaving. Like, why leave Texas at that point? Um, but I think that those are the names they go after. To me, even though I think Lane, I'd love to see Lane Kiffin, and I think he would leave Ole Miss to go to Alabama specifically. I don't think that, I don't think that he's the guy they want to run the program. I don't think they love the Lane Kiffin bravado that we all love. So, I'm really interested to see, but I don't. It won't be anyone hired on the staff. That's for sure. They're going to have to go elsewhere. So, um, yeah, I can't wait. Will. Fascinating. I, I also got some other news. I also got some other news here. Um, did you hear okay. the new NIL news? Uh, yeah, the NCAA is changing some rules, right? Yeah, you seen this? Heard about this? Uh, starting in August, the NCAA will provide athletes with standardized contract recommendations for all NIL deals and aggregated mm. data to help schools and athletes have a more realistic picture of the going rates for endorsement deals. The association also right. plans to create a voluntary registry of credible and trusted agents that will be based on large, or that will be based largely on the feedback from the athletes who have worked with them in the past. So they're helping, they're giving guidelines, outlines. Here's what you do. Here's some advice. I like this. That's just yeah. helping all these 
lost kids. Oh, this is great because what we ended up like when the NIL thing first happened, we all heard amazing stories, right? And then over the last few months, we've heard more and more stories about how a lot of that shit was just fake, right? Like there were stories where Texas A&M recruits were getting a million dollars and then that recruit is posting on Twitter, you know, halfway through the season saying, hey, I haven't seen a dollar out of that. I haven't seen anything. And so a lot of those contracts were not public. A lot of them didn't even get contracts. Like, And so a lot of young kids, we're talking about high school kids are making lifelong decisions and, and they were trusting you know, people that, uh, that maybe they shouldn't have been trusting. And so I feel like there should be a, a process for this to make sure that these people, at, you know, these players are actually getting paid on what they're supposed to be getting paid on. It's insane to me that you could have guys... Like I always... I feel like a lot of those NIL numbers were just so inflated. You know what I mean? Like, um, I, like I just don't... I, I feel like the majority of the ones that we heard, like here's the big neon light, you know, ooh, Caleb Williams made this much. Outside of like his sponsorship deal with Dr. Pepper, which I'm sure had a contract, you know, like I feel like a lot of those, you know, NIL ones specifically, they're never as high as they seem. That would be, that's just kind of what, what I would, my instinct would tell me. No, I do too. But these new rules are good. It's going to be a good change. And uh, that's what I got for the news. Incredible. Incredible. Now, what else do we have here? I think you have a... Uh, we got a few things. Okay. I got stuff. I got stuff got here stuff. for today. Now, now uh, what we're going to do, let's time travel real quick. I'm going to use a little ladies' room. We'll be right back. Okay. All right, we're back. We're back. All right, so we have a game. We have a pumper to dump it. Ooh, so I Will love classic. it. Yeah. Classic. So explain it, Will. Explain the game. So pump it or pump dump it. Pump it or you dump it. it. It's easy. Yep. Uh, it all came around during the uh, the meme stock rage of AMC and uh, and all these these funny uh, crypto coins and stuff, right? So if you're pumping the stock, you're buying it, right? And if you're dumping it, you're you're dumping that stock because it's high and you're trying to get your money out. So pump it or dump it is it's something pretty much you, like it or love it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right. So uh, bull editions. Okay. Now here's how it works. I'm gonna give you four of each current bull games, future bull games. And defunct bowl games. I want to hear you pump it, you want more of it, or dump it, get rid of it, never again. Current bowl games, let's start off with the Pop-Tart Bowl. Oh, I mean, there's not a bowl that I could pump harder. I, I love the Pop-Tart mascot. It was so fucking electric. My favorite bowl game, maybe of like uh, uh, the last like 20 years, like as far as just like what the bowl is and what the sponsor is, the Pop-Tart Bowl was so cool. Okay, now I have a surprise for you. Do you? I have a snack to eat on the show. Oh, yeah? And I want to show you right now. This is the best kind of Pop-Tarts you can get. You unfrosted, sick Unfrosted strawberry. I'm opening them right now. I just showed Will. I'm going to enjoy them during the podcast. What do you think about that? I'm, I've, I'm, I'm very, I'm, I have vitriol for what you're doing right now. Uh, I mean, there, there's nothing better than an unfrosted strawberry. Okay, uh, Pop-Tart Bowl is a uh, pump it for Will. The cheese it bowl. Okay, try to take on Pop Tarts. Uh, pump it. I mean, look, it's not the Pop Tart Bowl. They've they need to just they need to accept their fate that they're not as cool as the Pop Tart Bowl, but everyone loves Cheez Its. It's still cool. The 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 Gatorade shower of Cheez Its, you know, I'm into it, so pump it. Look at that Pop Tart. Look at that unfrosted Pop Tart Will. Looks Delicious. like a dry, disgusting looks like you're eating a piece of ceiling tile. Mm. Very, very good. Uh, the pinstripe slash Fenway bowl. Oh my god! We're gonna put them together. Fucking dump, dump every bowl game in a baseball stadium. I can't hate it anymore. <laughs> no, it should be against the law to play football games in baseball stadiums. 
Okay, and last for the current bowls, the Barstool Bowl. You know what? I so, like the Barstool like whole thing they do. Yeah, I, I'm all actually pump it. I'm a fan of uh, of Big Cat and PFT and Caleb Presley and some of those guys. I think they're really funny. And and the broadcast for the uh, for the like it wasn't I don't love that they only get like a a low tier matchup, you know, like people weren't super excited to watch. Um, you know, it was Wyoming, Wyoming. versus hey. Yeah, who did they play? Wyoming Toledo. versus Toledo. Toledo. That's right. And it ended up being an exciting game and it was you know, it was uh, it was Coach Bowles' last game for Wyoming, so that part made it exciting. the The broadcast is funny. You know, it's a little gimmicky, but overall, it was it's funny. So I'm pumping it. It's different. We need more. Right. We need more fresh faces and ideas in the world of college football. All right, next category: new bowl games. These these have all been proposed. Not all have been uh, given the green light, though. Okay. Okay. The Chili Bowl, which is <laughs> the Chili Bowl. <laughs> the Chili. I mean, we love Chili on the on this podcast, as our listeners know. Uh, Smitty's not here, but uh, I know Smitty would be pumping a Chili Bowl. And as, as funny as that phrase may sound, he's gonna he's the he's gonna bowl. laugh when he hears that <laughs> the idea of Smitty pumping a Chili Bowl. But um, uh, but yeah, I like that idea. I think that if you sponsor it by like Hormel or some other. You know, uh, maybe like a Wendy's chili, you know, or something like that. I'm into it. Pump it. Okay. This one is happening. I'm glad you pumped it because it's happening. This is going to happen next year, Will. And it's going to go on at TQL Stadium in Cincinnati, Ohio. Oh, cool. For some Skyline Chili. Oh, so it's Skyline Chili. So I've heard heard gross things about Skyline Chili. I haven't had it, so I'm going to hold judgment, okay? Uh, I I take back what I just said, but... Are, are they going to dump uh, a Gatorade jug of chili on the coach? Because if so, that would be hilarious. <laughs> that would be good. A Kevin-style vat of chili on the coach. By the way, you're you're getting a little louder. I'm going to pull a Ryan. I'm going to say turn yourself down a little bit, Will. Smidge. Turn okay. yourself down in, one, down. Yep. in the industry, we say down one uh, Nova Scotia is what yep. we say. Okay. Yep. Next, uh, the so the Chili Bowl you're in on, the Chili Bowl is happening next year in Cincinnati. So get your tickets now. Love it. Because uh, those things sell out quick. Uh, next, the Chocolate Bowl. Sorry, you, uh, you cut you out there. What, what was in... it? God, I hate these remote podcasts. The Chocolate Bowl. Oh. Um, I mean, it. everyone loves chocolate, but actually it just sounds... It doesn't sound like, oh, no one... Oh, we're playing in the Chocolate Bowl. You know, I'm I'm actually going to dump it, even though I love chocolate. So this one is proposed uh, Hershey, uh, Pennsylvania. Sure. It's going to be played at Hershey Park Stadium in Hershey, Pennsylvania. What do you think about that? Like, I mean, I'm sure they do like a you get you get melted chocolate chocolate board on you. Yeah. Everyone in the stadium, they're selling chocolate is is is, they're giving out chocolate souvenirs. Everyone gets like a bunch of. Oh, I love that. I I don't know why. I don't know why, but it's just a gut reaction. I'm, I'm, I'm dumping it. Okay, next. Uh, let's see. Do you want to get international with it? The Melbourne Bowl. Hey, little Bell Melbourne, Australia football, mate. Melbourne, uh, I mean, that's, Victoria, Australia. Uh, despite the, your British accent, um, that's not Australian <laughs> at all. Yes. Um, a bowl game in Australia? Yeah, why not, dude? Uh, you know, like like get some kangaroos, get some... Uh, some boomerangs, you know, we have some Vegemite out there, some Foster's beer. We could do that. You know what I mean? Um, I, I think I'm for an Australian bowl. 
Okay, and then finally the Dubai bowl game. Oh, in Dubai. So do you want? We're gonna live we're gonna sport wash college football now, huh? We're gonna sport wash college yes. football. Um, yes. I'm dumping that. I'm sorry, but the uh, the fine folks of Dubai. I don't think football is their cup of tea, and so mm-hmm. um, I'm dumping it. I think I'd rather see a bowl be played in Mexico or Canada or you know someplace. Uh, more localized. You know, Australia, if for whatever reason, it seems like it works because they have their own version of football. They have Aussie rules football. Yes, it's not football. It's very different. But something about Dubai, I just go, no, I'm out. All right. Uh, now the defunct bulls, okay? These bulls mm. are all gone. They don't exist. Pumper dump these bulls. The Bluegrass Bowl, Louisville, Kentucky. This one was played in 1958. Hey, hey, check, check, check. Um... Pump it. Bring it back. Let's get some banjos going at halftime. You know, all these bowl games lately, they have these shitty fucking halftime shows and stuff. I'd much rather see a guy in overalls get up there and pick a banjo to death than watch some like shitty rock artist or rap artist give an awful, you know, live presentation at a bowl game that no one cares about. So uh, bring back the blue, the bluegrass bowl. All right. uh, So you're pumping that next. Uh, These. The San Diego East-West Christmas Classic. Now, here's why I put this on here. Nowadays, everyone there's so many rivalries, right? Sure. There, there's you got this, you got that, you got a bunch of different political rivalries. You got everyone's mad at everyone. You know what, what it was back in the day? It was East Coast, West Coast. It was simple. Times yep. were simpler back then. Biggie That's versus what, Tupac. So can we make things simpler? Can we bring that back and make the San Diego East-West Christmas Classic Obviously, mm. playing in San Diego. I mean, uh, I guess do I don't know who plays at that point. And if it's East versus West, it probably shouldn't just be in San Diego. It should be like middle of America. It should be played in like <laughs> Kansas or Missouri or something. Um, but, uh, you know, a bowl game in San Diego, I guess pump it, pump it. All right. The Gotham Bowl played in New oh. York. Yeah, dude. By the way, anything- Gotham is uh, fictional. Batman, it's a fictional city. Yes, yeah. it's a fictional place. Yeah. But if there was a Batman themed bowl game, I am all for it. You could have. You know, a guy in a Batman costume doing stunts, flying around the stadium. You have a a plant in the crowd who runs out onto the field and Batman like dismantles him and kicks the shit out of him on the field and then like flies off with him. And, you know, uh, you you could have like uh, all all the 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 characters within the Gotham universe. The Joker is there doing stuff. I think it'd be a great idea. Well, you ran with that. That was played in 1961 and 1963. Mm. And then finally, the Little Caesars Bowl. What did you think of that? Now, now this is just a classic that was played from 97 to 2013. We sure. watched a lot of these bowl games. I always loved it. So what do you think of the bowl game? And what do you think of Little Caesars Pizza? Hot and ready. It's. I think it's very low on my pizza ranking list. I've never been a hot and ready fan. I think it's crap pizza. So dump it. Well, that was, that was direct. That was very direct to the yep. point. Yep. Uh, so that, that's Pump It and Dump It. Give yourself love a it. hand. I love for it. For our final edition this year of Pump It Dump It. Incredible. I don't know if we're going to play much of the offseason, so we'll see you next year for that. All right, let's turn the page to our next uh, thing. And this is kind of a little like uh, more focused on the actual football, right? That was a little less football-ish. Um, bull game. So we got two things. I have my bull moments ranked, my, my best and worst, okay? Or the just the best bowl games because I know we kind of talked the the Michigan one earlier. So what do you want to do first? Just the best overall games we watched, or like moments of the season? I want to go best games first. 
Okay, so best games, I've got to go five through one. Number five. So these are only bowl games. And the, my criteria for the best bowl games was not anything to do with like the spread. Not anything, just can you sit down and watch a good game? That was it. You know, because you get a lot of a lot of nonsense, a lot of bullshit for bowl games. So my top five. Number five was uh, the championship, Michigan-Washington. I thought yep. that was the fifth best bowl game. Now, maybe recency bias, but look, until late, like we talked about, until late in that game, Washington was in there. I mean, again, under 10 minutes in the game, Washington had the ball in the fourth quarter down 20 to 13, just one touchdown down. So overall, yep. very fun game, despite the final score. Number five, Michigan-Washington in the championship. Number four, I've got Washington versus Texas in the Sugar Bowl, 37-31. Mm. Now, Washington controlled the first part of that game, a lot of that game, like a lot of the time possession too, but it ended very well, very good second half. Texas came back. I mean, they had a chance to win at the end, which is crazy. So, yep. Uh, Washington, Texas, number four uh, in the Sugar Bowl as the playoff. I have both uh, playoff games, I think, in here. So Love it. Uh, Washington, Texas, number four. All right, number three, Clemson, Kentucky. In the Tax Slayer Gator Bowl, the classic Tax Slayer Gator Bowl. Of course. Clemson won 38-35. This was so fun to watch. Now, Clemson was down for a lot of the game. Oh, yeah. And they came back. They, they were down. I forget exactly how much, but they scored 28 in the fourth quarter. Huge comeback. And <laughs> Dabo was classic Dabo. We're all buying stock, Dabo. Don't worry. But uh, I don't know. I'm buy- Are you buying stock in Dabo in, in, the, in the next three years? Like, what is this? Mm. Dab- right, let me put it this way. Does Dabo win a conference title in the next three years? Um, yes, I think it, at least one, but I I don't think I'm stock up. I think that again, I I don't think that he meshes well with the with what college football is becoming, which really is like NIL and collectives and paying for players right. and stuff. I don't think that he meshes well with it, but he's too good of a coach to not succeed. So yes. All right, number two. Jacksonville State and the Louisiana Raging Cajuns, mm-hmm. the uh, RNL Carriers, New Orleans Bowl. Uh, Jacksonville State won 34-31 in overtime. They were down. They stormed back in the second half. I mean, that was just a, a good back and forth. I thought that both teams were just all in. They both wanted it. Both coaching staffs, you could tell. And I think that was the... I would have had that number one if it wasn't for you know the next one, but that was my favorite, one of my favorite games. I mean, okay. I sat down, I watched it, and I watched a lot of games this bowl season. So, sure. Yeah, Jacksonville State, Louisiana, Raging Cajuns. Any thoughts on that, Will? Uh, I didn't see the game, and so uh, I might need to go back and watch some replays. But I, I, oh, I love. Zero. I like that you're you didn't going, watch the game. You got to go. I, I like oh. that you're going off the 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 big board for uh, for the picks here, though. I love that. All right. What do you think number one is? Um. Now I have this Your on team my. Played in it. Michigan played. Oh, it's got to be the Rose Bowl then. Boom, baby. Yeah, yep. big hint there, right? Yeah, Michigan-Bama, Rose Bowl, 27-20, overtime. That was the best game. And I lost on that. I lost money on that game. I lost a bet board. No, I didn't lose a bet board to you on that game. We both had Oh, no, uh, I wish you had Alabama. lost a bet board. No. <laughs> I'll give you but, my... See, uh, now I, d- I did top five yeah, games all, all year long. And so okay. um, here's what I put together. Um, number five, all actually. All year, all season. All yeah. season, I like number, it. And it's okay. tough. There's a lot of games. I probably missed some in here as well. But number five 
was the Colorado Colorado State game early in the year. Like this was this was Ooh, yeah. prime oh, yeah. Buffalo hype. You got the rock there. You got all these like the stars are there. This was when the hype train for for Coach Prime and, and the CU Buffs was like at its peak. Uh, and it was a super exciting game. They were down early. They come back all the way uh, to win. So that was an exciting game. Um, That's when Shadura showed his watch to the crowd. Yeah. Yep. And uh, <laughs> yeah, that, that, that was yeah, one of my that. favorite parts for sure. Um, <laughs> then I would go number four. I would go the Texas-Oklahoma game, the Red River rivalry game. It was awesome this year. Um, Oklahoma looked like they were going to pull it out. And no, sorry, Texas looked like they were going to pull it out. And then Oklahoma gets the ball with, you know, 40 seconds left or something like that or a minute left, and they go down the field and score. Um, massive upset, uh, only loss that Texas had in the regular season. And, of course, it's a classic rivalry game. Uh, number three, uh, and, and a lot of these are going to be these big rivalry games, the Iron Bowl. I mean, it was an insane game. Alabama had no business that's winning that three. game at that's, the end. Whew, that's game of the year material. That's game of the year material. Uh, that game was insane. I mean, the ending is like ending of the year, but the game was kind of sloppy, and I love that that's true. you have an, an, an underdog Auburn team that wasn't good that still was competing, but it was just a, it was a, a perfect um, perfect encapsulation, uh, a $10 Ooh. word there for you, of the what the Iron Bowl is. Um, number two, I'm going with the, the Michigan Ohio state game this year, which again, it was like the biggest game of the year before the playoffs, everyone was watching. You got the storylines with Connor stallions and Jim Harbaugh suspended and Michigan pulls it out. Uh, and then number one, the Rose bowl as well. I think that game was incredible. It was so entertaining. It went to overtime, a playoff game in overtime between two of the biggest heavyweights in college football as far as like brands go. Uh, and now Nick Saban's last game in Alabama. Incredible. So those are my top five. And Harbaugh's last game in Michigan. Incredible. No. He played another one after that. How dare you? Oh, yeah. Well, so I meant uh, the next <laughs> game was his last. No, that was a great game. And the great the, the best thing about the Alabama game was Alabama did what they always do for the first three quarters. And yep. we all thought, a lot of us thought, it was inevitable, a matter of time. And then Wolverines did their thing. The dream season was, uh, you know. Champs, baby. It continued. Champs. I was trying to be a little bit more... Uh, more more poetic with that will, but it continued. Is is all we come up with? It sounded like Robert right, Frost so, to me. I'm into it. Uh, Robert Frost and Frames Janklin had a great year themselves. <laughs> Let's go on to my uh, top moments of bowl season. Okay, because okay? I was trying to keep a bowl season theme. You wanted to derail us, but I'm bringing yep. us back. Yep. So I have my bottom three and my top four moments of bowl season ranked. Let's start with the top. Let's go positive here because there's more of those two. Uh, number four. Selfishly, Washington covering against Texas because, well, the bed board. That was the bed board sealer. So number four. Number three, third best uh, moment of the uh, bowl season, Craig Bull and, and Wyoming yep. winning the bowl game, sending him off with a win. How cool was that? Like they come back. Legendary. I thought they were dead in the water. With they that were game. dead in the water. Yeah, and they ended up coming back and winning. So it was huge. Uh, n- <laughs> number two, Jerry Kill, his post-game rant. About, oh yeah, because <laughs> they play they play their bowl game at New Mexico, like New Mexico Stadium, and the AD for New Mexico was just stiff arming New Mexico State the whole time and making things so difficult. And then he got like, like fired Kill. after that, didn't he? Jerry well, kills out. He's not that coach. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, he went out swinging because it was hysterical. Like he was so pissed about that, and I get why. 
they were jimmying him with the the sure practice fields. Classic you know, rivalry stuff. Issue, but and then number one best moment of the whole bowl season was it was it was a sla- it's a it's a two things. So it's Pop Tarts, right? The Pop Tart Bowl, the oh, yeah. Pop Tart going down to the put in the toaster, getting eaten. That was the best moment. But it was a combination of that and the Cheez It Bowl failing their attempt to dunk on Pop Tarts. Right. That made the whole thing better, right? So it kind of tied the whole bowl season snack theme together and and finished it off well. So that's number one for me. I love it. I mean the Pop Tart bowl, it really the Pop Tart, the memes that came out of it, um, you know, like that they were incredible. I like the Pop Tart mascot absolutely stole bowl season. So I think it's a perfect list. And then uh bottom three. Bottom three was uh third worst was Rob Gronkowski singing the national anthem. <laughs> that was not good. Don't do that again. Or you know how, uh, like, when you have little kids who want to play video games and you give them a controller that's off so they feel like they're playing along when they're really not, right? Next <laughs> time, just mic. give him a mic. Yeah, you have a microphone that's turned off. He's not going to know the difference, right? And just have him belt his lungs out, and it'll sound a lot, a lot better than that did. Number two, and this is kind of another food slash one, the mayo thing's got to stop. The mayo bowl's got to, it's got to stop. It, it, someone's got to step in here. Someone, the mm. adult in the room has to step in and say, there's so many other fun, great, fantastic food celebrations. The, the mayo's got to stop. And again, I'm being selfish with this one because I personally have recently come around with mayo. I'm putting it on sandwiches. I'm just a little bit here or there, not too much, but a little bit will make a sandwich, uh, it'll take it up a notch. Yeah, but the guy so eating and spooning a it out of the jar is disgusting. And they, they I, had that at the bowl I, I, game. They, I, I they had a guy literally eating it with a spoon. It's disgusting. So that, to me, that's got to stop. Someone's got to put an end to that. Someone from, from Big Mayo has to stop in, or at least the company, Dukes, <laughs> has to stop in, has to step Mayo. in and say, look, actually, you know, it's, I, I got that because don't, doesn't Dukes uh, criticize Big Mayo? Sure, and it's yeah. like Dukes versus. But they Big are Mayo. Big yeah, Mayo. so they're, they're frauds. Yeah, I think they are. I, I agree. You know, it's on the marketing, but someone's got to end that. Okay, my slash to my number two is the Holiday Bowl is again trying too hard. These these creative directors need to take it up a notch. Did you see the Holiday Bowl? They they they're they're doing the whole like eggnog in the Gatorade thing for the winning coach, right. but it's a new tradition. Yep. They're trying to implement on a classic. The Rose Bowl doesn't need to mix it up, right? right? And the Orange Bowl doesn't need to get like orange juice from some company and like it. Like stick yep. with the classics. The classics are classics for a reason. The Holiday Bowl doesn't need to do this. They're 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 trying to become one of these bowls. Let me tell you something. If you're listening right now and you're part of the 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 Holiday Bowl committee, the reason the Pop Tarts and cheese it's not they have to do that. They're back at the line trying to edge their way in so they're a staple for the next 10 years. The fun atmosphere will draw more fans. The more fans they can look to in five years and say, look, renew our contract because people are watching, people like this. It's all a numbers game. The Holiday Bowl doesn't worry about that. Do what you're good at. Be classic. Put on a good broadcast. Put on a good show. Get some celebrities there. Be the Holiday Bowl. Don't do the gimmicky eggnog. Right. Oh, Lincoln Riley, here comes the eggnog. So I thought that was just like, Way beneath what we know the holiday bowl. To sure, be. So I, I'm not too many bowls are trying trying for gimmicks. Just like you said, they all want to like have the thing, and unfortunately, the only one that's nailed it is is Pop Tarts. That's it. You know, 
the other ones are getting closer, but you know what Jesus needed to do? They needed to do, and look, you don't even have to send me a check in the mail. Jesus, just take this for next year. A high dive with Cheez-Its mm. all in the thing. Now, you can put a foam pit and get a professional to do it, right, in, in a mascot costume so we're not, there's a liability and get some insurance, whatever, for this. But a, a, a foam pit, right, put them 30 feet up so it's not a huge jump and just pile Cheez-Its on top, right, and make a huge thing. All right, everybody, it's a Cheez-It. But three, two, one, and he does a cannonball into the Cheez-Its and he jumps out and everyone gets their Cheez-Its. Woo! Like, that's how you have fun and do something different. Don't copy right. Pop-Tarts and lower yourself into the bowl. Like, it's just, there's no creativity with these things. So totally agree. Take that, Cheez-It. Oh, Will, if, if we do see that next year. Th- we, then I, we I actually to sue them. Check, we actually will we'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll sue them. Yes. Does it matter that I said to, don't send a check or should I retort? We, we, Can I retort uh, that? We, we completely take back all the statements that he said about <laughs> don't send a check. We absolutely want our piece of the cake. Okay. Number one for the bottom three. So this is like the lowest one because we went in the weird order. Sure. So the, the worst part, and I, and, I, and I don't like anything's here, but uh, at least for this category, but we have to mention it. What the hell happened to the Eastern Michigan dude who went and sucker punched the guy from South Alabama yep. after they lost the game. They oh, got see, killed. Here's what I think. that If you're going to do that, if you're going to sucker punch a guy, he did the smartest thing. You do it at the end of the bowl game when, I mean, what is the punishment? He's like, no one's even going to remember that <laughs> next year when he starts the season. He's just going to have to run more sprints and conditioning, or he could just hit the transfer portal, and yeah, he might not get picked up, but someone will pick him up if he's good enough, and he can just say, I'm sorry. Well, hold on perfect timing to sucker punch a guy counter counter when was the boise state oregon game <laughs> yeah yeah where LeGarrette who blunt. threw the punch LeGarrette LeGarrette blunt. blunt just dropped that yeah. kid who was talking to him was that a bowl game because that was non-conference or was that no, uh oh it wasn't that, weeks that was regular season that was like it was, it was first few weeks okay. and he was suspended for a couple games i think okay because Oregon Boise obviously would have been a bowl game or one of those first. Okay, so yep. yeah, because because that was a huge deal. So that exactly, would have been and he missed games, and so you're, he's proving my point. If you're going to do it, what a do it at the end of the bowl season and and run up from forty yards behind him when everyone thinks you're in the locker room and sucker punch a guy. I mean, what what a bitch move! All right, uh, so that does it for my bowl. Uh, we can turn should the page. We, okay, we're done with bowl season. Well, that should was we? Fun. Should we what? What time are we at? Should we? Uh, should we wrap up and save next segments for next week? Sure. Yeah, let's save it for next week. Okay. I think I have a uh, a bun. Let's wrap. I think I have it's, a bun in the oven. Rapper. If you know what I mean. Um. So. Uh, yeah, what are you? Are you cooking something? You know what we made the other day? We cooked. Um. We made uh, cornbread. Oh, I love. Cor- I mean, a good cornbread. Know, uh, Did you make chili too? I get cornbread, cornbread with chili. It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, we made some chili, um, and usually we get our cornbread like kind of pre-made. You know, it's like at the at the grocery store. Yeah, but this time we made it, and oh, it was so delicious. Good. It's amazing, it was very good. Um, so, and it was crispy on top. Yeah, oh, I love a good cornbread. Um, we have food mm-hmm. talk, by the way, coming up in extracurriculars. So stick around for the extracurriculars; they're good, and uh, and we'll see you soon. I do feel really hippie about this. I, I feel like I should grow my hair out a little bit, start uh, listening to, to fish a little bit more. Okay. Um, well, it, I, I got kombucha tea. Oh, yeah. At uh, Whole Foods the other day. And, and the reason is, you know, I've been dealing with some acid reflux stuff. And sure. so uh, I, I got to need some probiotics, and, dude. You got to get your gut biome. Yeah. 
Yeah, I got to do what I can. And so I looked it up. That's what they recommend. Be one with the earth, all that. So and it's- no, I, I, but actually, I'm I'm a big I'm big on the ingredients and the very minimal ingredients in this stuff. There's a uh, some kind of like coral or seaweed that's in here. I'm it's not kind of coral, it. but I think I, it I'm is not seaweed. Gonna lie. But uh, <laughs> coral's like the hard sentiment, like sediment, like uh, <laughs> it's like yeah. rock. It's like sea rocks, but. Um, Remember the time I cut myself a uh, one of them puffer fish? I don't think that you are <laughs> becoming a hippie tower. I think that's what's happening is that we're becoming old, right? Like when we were 23, we didn't care about our gut biome, you know what I mean, our gut health. And the problem is now we're, we're approaching mid-30s. And so now we have this to start thinking about like, hey, I have like the, all these nagging health concerns and, and, and I'm finally real, <laughs> realizing why people – do these things. And so, yeah, I, I'm not like the biggest kombucha fan. I drink it every once in a while. It, it is weird though. I mean, look, should I grow my hair out? Should I start listening yes. to fish? Should I do the natural stereotypical things? You know, what is, um, does fish have words in their music? Sure. They have some, but like, like most jam bands, you know, there's words, but then there's a lot of just like groovy jam and that goes on between. It's not like mm. the whole time there's a chorus line or whatever, but there are, there is. And then there'll be like, Hey, we sing a song, and then here's seven minutes of us just dee 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 dee, just like jamming so out on our don't, stuff. Don't the don't the kids call that crunchy? Is I, that I what mean, they call that? Or? I don't know. I don't. I don't know if that qualifies as okay. crunchy. I'm uh, I'm not tapped into the jam band scene, unfortunately. I mean, actually, fortunately, but, but, I should say. Um, I got I got a, a couple things though for uh, to to get us to get our juices flowing. Okay. To get our juices flowing. Mm-hmm. Um. I ordered my calendar today. Now, do you get a calendar every year? Um, I use the calendar on my phone. I've never been a fan of wall calendars because I don't keep up with them. You know, I'm I'm writing stuff, and then by the time like mid February, March comes around, I've forgotten, and then I get a photo that I like in May, and so I don't flip it until you know August or whatever because the photo is not as cool. So I'm a phone mm-hmm. phone and computer calendar guy, digital. So uh, you are you you you're much more in the digital realm than me. You like an analog when calendar. The, when they get the brain chips and everyone converts to robot, you're going to be one of the first ones on that on that path. Oh, I can't wait! One dude. Of the first ones I can't wait it. to be part robot. Yeah. Um, well, you know, I like the calendar. You, if you can see behind me right here, which is not oh, sure for the audio, but I usually have a calendar behind me. And there's one missing. So I ordered yep. mine today. I got uh, for the listeners. Just I quickly to, of, to to interrupt you for the listeners. He has a calendar behind him, and it's like a. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. This is like a a buff fireman of the month type of thing, or what? What is going on back there? <laughs> you're so you're so cruel and unusual when it comes to explaining things that people can't see. No, actually, what what's behind me is a card that uh, my wife got me with mm-hmm. a little. Uh, gopher on it yep. and then next to that is a replica picture of the two dogs and the old man and goodfellas right and one tommy's painting one, way, right? one dog's looking the other way what do you want from me this guy's saying hey what do you want from me yeah it's tommy's <laughs> painting and so uh, that i have a replica of that behind me so that's all i have don't let will fool you but my calendar i got for this year the james webb space calendar crazy pictures of outer space that's what i went with this year so is does the horse head <laughs> nebula have a month in that one I don't think so, but you know, the Horsehead Nebula seems like something that uh, you'd be very into because of its name. That's a classic space thing, you know. I feel like when you talk about iconic space foes, they always show the Horsehead Nebula, and I don't even really know what that is. I think it's just like a giant cluster of galaxies and shit. Who knows? 
well, I mean, I think that's for a different show, examining space and time. But uh, <laughs> to wrap today's extracurriculars up, because I know we got some stuff to talk about today. Talk about, uh, oh, yeah. I have a review. Now, it's rare that I go back-to-back Ooh. shows with reviews, but we're going to go our more uh, classic, outdated movie review. Uh, for the kids out there, this is an old-school classic. This came up a couple years ago when uh, Will and Ryan and a lot of the audience realized that I am very picky and selective with what I watch. I watch a lot of television, yep. and I will re-watch a lot of television via these streaming services. I haven't seen a lot of classic, quote-unquote, movies. And so on this podcast, and thanks to this podcast, I've seen a lot of old movies that people, you know, I've seen Star Wars, I've seen what's Sandlot, I've seen Forrest a lot of movies Gump, that I would not sure. seen before. Forrest Gump, exactly, all these. So uh, let's get back to that category. I watched an old-school classic, Kingpin. When's the last time you've seen Kingpin, Will? I have never seen Kingpin. That's that's another that's a classic okay. that I've never seen as well, and I it's one that I'm ashamed to admit because I feel like just from what I gather about it, it's like firmly in the category of movies that I know that I would love, and and I I've sheepishly it's, it's when it has come up in conversations with people, I've had times where I just like pretend like I've seen it if I'm being honest <laughs> because because it's uh, easier to do that. I sure. understand how that goes sometimes. Uh, okay, so. You having not seen this, you're the you're the perfect audience, right? Well, I, I guess the perfect audience is both because you can laugh along if you have certainly Kingpin. Well, so the one thing that you have to let's just get this out of the way. The one thing you do have to get past, so to speak, is it is so '90s comedy. It's very <laughs> right. corny '90s humor. You got to get past a lot of that stuff. It's when a lot of the crude humor started to become more mainstream and it's just more a little slapstick ish at times, very on the nose with a lot of the comedy. And so you do have to get sort of, but I think you'll like that. I think that won't be a detractor for you or a lot of people out there. So that's one thing though, for a lot of our, again, you know, if you're under like 25, I would say maybe, uh, you may think it's like it's a little too cheesy, you know. I don't sure. know if you're used to that, but anyway, that's the one thing you have to get past. Great staff. It's uh, it's uh, Woody Harrelson, Randy Quaid, staff. Randy uh, Randy Harrelson. Uh, excuse me, Randy Woody Harrelson, Randy Quaid, and by the way, Randy Quaid as Ishmael, the Amish guy, is hysterical. Bill Murray, who's the antagonist in the movie, and then uh, Vanessa uh, Vanessa Angel, Chris Elliott. Very good staffs. Or very, did I say staff again? <laughs> yeah, you said staff <laughs> That's twice. <laughs> That's what you were making staff. fun of the first one. I'm like, wait, why is he criticizing me? I've been doing a lot of college football homework recently. A lot of changes. He's got a great coaching the, uh, staff. In the staffs. <laughs> uh, the cast. Yeah, well, you know what? I mean, when you spend your whole life avoiding... Like, I mean, did you take one theater class in high school? No, no way. Are you kidding me? I didn't either. I didn't either. I was so far away from that stuff. So uh, cast is just not part of my vocabulary. You're not. It's not a cast. It's a staff. Of course. Uh, but of course. anyway, great, great cast. Um, how do you think you would have done in like an improv or something like that? Like, uh, how, how would you have done an improv class? So I actually think I could have hung in like an, an improv class. Like, um, actually, 
uh, just to to you take wouldn't have been too embarrassed like a, to do the different characters. Well, no, I that's the one thing is that like if I could have just committed to to not having the the embarrassment because I feel like I I I don't I don't like the idea of being on stage or doing all that. I think I could do well in improv, but like. It, it actually it reminds me, and I'll, and I'll try to keep this short because I know we're doing the movie review. But when I was in elementary school, there was this um, this like statewide program called Destination Imagination. Is that have you ever heard of that? Do you remember that? Yeah, what was that? So it was like a weird thing. It was like a program that the state put on, or it could have even been nationwide for all I know. I really don't know. Like if the listeners out there are like, I remember Destination Imagination. And it was like this thing for elementary school kids where like it was like these weird. You know, like you would you would get a, a group of kids from your school. And so for me, it was like there was probably like eight or 10 of us. And a lot of them were like my friends. And you would go to these like destination imagination events and like competitions. And like it was really weird. Oh, uh, it, and it, it was I kind of along that. the lines of improv. And so like like I remember one of the things that I vividly remember was they would like put you in a room with like you know, three adults that are judging your group. Right. And they would give you like four random items and be like, you have to like, see how many things you can make out of these or like use your imagination to like, and I remember we had like the lid to a trash can and a clothes hanger and like all these random things. And we were like, okay, well it could be this, it could be a bicycle because of this. And it could be, and like, uh, and so I, like, I loved that as a young kid. And so I think that doing improv, I think I, I have the ability, but the, your, what you hit right on the head is that the inside of part of me would go like, this is so cringy. Like, I don't want to do this. <laughs> yeah, I could, uh, I could see you doing it if you dove in head first. I could totally see that. All right. So just for the sake of the, uh, the timestamps, let's kind of, let's kind of hit the reset <laughs> button on the, uh, on the Kingpin on review. The review. Okay. Yeah. So for earlier, that was just leftover fun. Go back uh, to right, the staff so for right now. Yeah, <laughs> staff. No, that's all in there. I'm not taking that out. That's gonna stay in there. It's just sure, sure. like some other, you know, extracurriculars. All right. So anyway, um, for those who just were dying for the review and skipped to hear, amazing cast in this movie: uh, Woody Harrelson, Randy Quaid, Bill Murray, Vanessa Angel. Vanessa Angel, by the way, we looked her up because uh, we didn't really recognize her at first. Uh, I, I then I found out I knew her from Baywatch. It's like, yep. Yeah, that rings a bell. Oh. Saw her in Baywatch. Yep. Uh, Vanessa Angel. Uh, Chris Elliott, who is hysterical in anything he's ever acted in in his entire life. Chris Elliott. Uh, yeah, if you look up... The, it's like... I didn't know the name either until I looked up on IMDb. But if you look him up, you'll recognize him for sure. He's just got oh, these yeah, this little guy's hysterical great. side... Oh, he's, yeah, he's, he's got hilarious. these side parts in so many different movies. He's yep. funny in everything he's in. But either way, Kingpin is... The story is... It's of a young, really good bowler. He is the next big thing. He uh, gets caught up with uh, some bad people and things don't necessarily go his way. Mm. And it's his story through his life when things don't necessarily go his way as he kind of gets his way back into bowling. Look, and it's, it's old enough. I mean, do we do... I forget. It's been such a long time since we've done a real outdated movie review what do we think about spoilers on here? Like, well, what's the rule with spoilers? Like, uh, I mean, yeah, I, I think that there there has to be a statute of limitations on spoilers. And, and with this movie being like 30 years old at this point or more, I feel like uh, all we have to do is say, yeah, if you haven't seen it, like I haven't seen it. And so this may be a spoiler for me, but I'm still going to listen. Okay. And it won't stop me from watching. How about to keep the spoilers light? Okay. How about that? Light okay. on the spoilers. So it's not really going to ruin much. Yeah. So uh, a little bit more, because this is going to help 
my explanation of the movie. So Woody Harrelson, obviously, he's the main character. Uh, he's he's up and coming, and Bill Murray is like the star. Sure. So he's like the thing when he's up and coming. And Woody Harrelson beats Bill Murray. Roy Munson's Woody Harrelson. Ernie McCracken's Bill Murray. Roy Ernie beats McCracken. Ernie McCracken. Yeah, in this tournament, and so they both go to a different you know upstate to try and hustle some people bowling. It's how they make a living outside right. of these tournaments. It's just bowling hustle. And they come across some bad people who end up uh, uh, making it so. Uh, Woody Harrelson's character really can't bowl anymore. And so years and years later, he discovers Randy Quaid's character, Ishmael, who is Amish, and he's uh, <laughs> good at bowling. And he tries to he's like the ringer. bring the kid to the top. <laughs> exactly. So he tries to bring the kid to the top, who's Randy Quaid, and it's a hysterical movie end-to-end. There's a lot of great scenes. But like I said earlier, it's... Uh, it's a lot of '90s comedy where it's very on the nose and slapstick and kind of cheesy and corny, but sure, I loved it. I thought it was a great movie. It keeps you like I, I think that when those kind of movies end, that's why I like movies like that because you you're not like bored. You know, you're not the end going. All right, when's it again? And even for you know movies that are you know good, it, they can tend to drag on. I did not sure. feel like that with this movie. So overall. Um, we're going to give it bowling pins. It's really, really funny if you have a dark sense of humor, too, because there is a lot of dark humor. And so give it out of 300. It's got to be out of 300. Highest bowling score. OK, well, let, let, let's do the conversion then first. OK, so let, let me rate it just for the for the simpletons out there and then we'll convert. Sure. Uh, for the so simps. let's give it a. It's got to be in the 90s. Like that's that's oh, where wow. I'm starting. Yeah, it's it, it's a classic for a reason. Um. And a lot of people compare this and Big Lebowski. I would uh, say they're different. And I will, I got this explanation online. So this isn't my... I got. I, I read this somewhere, but they said Big Lebowski is a crime drama that has bowling in it. Mm. As to where Kingpin is a bowling movie. Right. And so that's the difference. And, and uh, I will say, let's go... Let's go... 93.7 okay bowling pins okay so 93.7 bowling pins so for the kids at home we just have to multiply that by three so that's 281.1 that's a nice bowling score 281 is a high score that's a very good bowling score yes interesting yes very good bowling score so highly recommend uh, kingpin for all the kids out there what streaming service was it on I think it's on Max. Do you have Max? I do. I've got, uh, and I refuse yep. to just call it Max. I still call it HBO Max. Um, mm, do but you call Twitter X yet? No, I, I refuse to say I, because like the the verb is still tweet. Like you, like well, you can't. There's no verb for X. I X'd it. He X'd a thing. People eat. Like you'll even see professional news sources that say like he wrote a tweet on the platform on the platform X formerly known as Twitter. It's so stupid. I hate the whole rebranding because there's no good verb. The tweet was the perfect verb. I tweeted it on Twitter. There's no, I X'd it. I, you know, like that's Mm -hmm. it's an, you know, I hate that. So it'll be Twitter forever. The website in the web, the website is still Twitter, right? No, I don't think so. so. I think it's still uh, X.com. No, is it, is it X.com? See, I I still hit TW. I do everything on my, uh, uh, laptop <laughs> and so he tweets from his computer I just hit folks. tw and he goes to yeah i do and he goes to twitter dude i'm so <laughs> we were talking about <laughs> we were talking about this before the show how 
what was the example we were? Oh, uh, basketball players. How I haven't watched the NBA in so long. Right. That that the players that I now you know thought were good for so long are all old, retiring, not good anymore. And same thing with music. There is a, a demarcation in time. I can almost draw it on like a like in the sand. I, I know exactly where it is. It's like around 2012. I just yep. stopped, and it's not. And for for those out there out there thinking that I'm closed minded, it's it's like a, a thing like where I'm I'm digging in. It's not necessarily that. It's just you. St- I stopped seeking it out. I'm just speaking for myself. I stopped searching for new music because. I didn't really have a reason to. I, I got into more podcasts. Now, if I listen to, because I do listen to a lot of podcasts, talk radio, things like that. So in my life, there's not a lot of room for music. So I just go back to what I've loved for my entire life or what I kind of grew up loving. And I haven't listened to anything new. I hear these rappers. I, I, there was, I, I love the Tim Dillon podcast. I think he's hysterical. Oh, yeah. The other day he was talking about some rapper and he was like, her name was like, Charmin Ultra or like uh, <laughs> like Swiffer or something. Do you know what I'm talking about? I don't know. Like I, I didn't Charmin hear the one with the, with the specific rapper, but it doesn't surprise me. Or or it's like or, or it's like Swiffer or something like 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 Bounty or oh, something like Ice Spice. Like, like a, I don't know what it is. It's like a cleaning. I thought for the whole episode he's talking about a cleaning product until the end where he, he says, "Oh yeah, this rapper." I didn't know what he's talking about, and so I'm so disconnected. But it's not. So I now have a lot more empathy for for the boomers because when you and i were going through our teens and 20s it was always the boomers who we made fun of for not knowing anything and now we're kind of slip i'm at least slipping into that category where it's like i get it it's not you know out of decision it's just out of what makes me happy no i am too and and i you know i tease you all the time about like oh tyler's out of touch but like you think that i'm so in touch but i'm not I'm really not like <laughs> I'm, I'm literally just like I'm on like a plan that's maybe a few years behind you. Right. Like I mean, I'm on. You just seem in touch compared to me relative to me. Exactly. Exactly. It's all it's all about relativity, baby. And so, uh, uh, you know, it's all about your your uh, your your point of view. And so um, I'm completely out of touch and I don't know the rapper that you're talking about, but it's probably terrible. and I probably hate her music. So that's where I'm at. Yeah. Swiffer. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Swiffy. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, Swiffy. Um, but I, I think that's all I have. Now, we can say I can ra- uh, finish the show because the actual show will finish now. Of course. Time travel. What do you think about the... What do you? Because I haven't got my blueberries from Trader Joe's yet, like we talked about last year. Oh, show. you got to. I just don't... You know, I, I generally love winter because we get football. And then I love this time because hockey and I love up until the Super Bowl. But one thing I don't love is the produce. You know, I... I there's nothing better than going to the grocery store and getting a, a fresh pineapple, sure. fresh peaches. There's not, not there's only like apples and the apples aren't even that great because I like yellow opals. Those are my favorite. And this time of the year, the yellow opals are a little mealy. You know, you don't really get the the fresh, the crisp. So I got to revert to like <laughs> Granny Smith's and red apples. So what do you think of the produce lately? Are you happy with the produce that you're, that you're and I mean, I don't pick out as much feel fruit. Like, it, it gets to me. I'm pretty specific to just bananas and then, you know, I buy berries uh, to mix in with my yogurt and that's pretty much it. So I don't uh, like as much as I'd love to, I'm not willing to take the time to buy a pineapple and a kiwi and all this stuff and then cut it up myself, even though I know that's the smart way. I am lazy. Like 
if I just see a bowl of pre-sliced mixed fruit that's for sale for like $8 when I know that like if I were to buy it all myself, that's like 50 cents worth of fruit, I'll just buy the, right, the pre-cut right. bowl to, to save the time. That is, I don't, I don't like hearing that at all. This is quintessential <laughs> sports betting. This is exactly what I talk about all the time with sports betting. <laughs> this that's is, the parlay bowl. I got the parlay bowl. It is. It is. <laughs> <laughs> you got the fucking bar level. <laughs> Let me tell you something. And you know what? I actually get that. I, I, I totally get that because some fruits, like when I make a pineapple, you have to commit because sure. No, here's the thing is if you're going to get, if you're going to eat pineapple, go to Amazon. Cause it's, it's a great fruit to add to your, uh, your routine, but go to Amazon and just get a $8. I would probably eight, 10 bucks. It's called an Amazon or uh, Amazon. It's called a pineapple like spiral cutter. And it's simple. You just, you just like you cut the top inch off the pineapple and you just push down and twist and it makes a spiral and you suck it out of the pineapple, put it on a plate and just cut it into pieces. And it's so easy. So besides that, like there's ways to make it easier. Um, grapefruits, you know, a lot of people like they cut the grapefruit in half and then cut it into segments needed with a spoon. That to me is delicious and that's good for the middle, but you're leaving out all the nutrients and it's very difficult. You mm. just eat it like an orange, peel it and you're done. So, you know, like there's ways to get around these things. I mean, there's, you know, the uh, easiest way to get around time. it is just buy the, the bowl of already sliced fruit, Tyler. I'm going, I'm, I'm cutting out the middleman. Actually, that's a lie. I'm, I wish I'm creating I a middleman. Well, thank you guys for listening. Follow us on Twitter at CFB underscore pod. It's not X, it's Twitter. Uh, join the Patreon, <laughs> patreon.com slash college football tailgate. And we'll see you soon.